Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with author, speaker, and story coach Amy Vogel. She embarked on her storytelling journey at 35, discovering the transformative power of narratives, is the founder of AWV Publishing, and in addition to her latest release, Teleosis, she's authored two impactful books. Amy explores the often overlooked member of the Trinity, offering a 30-day journey into deeper understanding of the Holy Spirit. These books reflect Amy's commitment to inspiring healing, hope, and spiritual growth growth through storytelling. Enjoy this interview. Well, it's great to meet you. Thank yeah, you for you taking too. a minute out. And before we get into your life and your work, I want to know, you know, the last, we're going on a four-year anniversary of COVID. How did you get through that time period and how did it change you? <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, let's see, how did I get through it? Well, I was, I, I, I I just did like I got up and I have three kids and at the time they were all in um, in school and had to do the whole online school thing and so we just got up and we did it and we tried to teach teach them that we were just gonna work through this however long it lasted I, I did enjoy the quiet absolutely um, but I also had a job with the church at the time at the time and so we had to make big pivots. And so I was busy there. So I just truthfully just ran with life as quote unquote normal and kept focused on what was happening around me. And, <laughs> and we just did the best we could with what we had at the time and, um, and stayed home. I understand that for sure. So you are an author, speaker, and story coach. And mm -hmm. I want to know ultimately if, we were to break down what you do on a daily basis. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at career day. And one of the kids curiously says, Hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? I think for third graders, the easiest answer is I write books and in their mind, and, and I have a fifth grader, so this isn't a big stretch for me to imagine it. Um, but they're like, Oh, what kind of books do you write? Whole books and like, sh you know, show them the books and, um, and just, just let them get a tangible feel for, uh, for, for what I do all day. And that is, you know, put words on a page. And that seems to be magical to third graders. It seems to be magical to, to a lot of people. And so it's, uh, that's the easiest way I describe what I do. So you embarked on your storytelling journey at 35. But mm -hmm. before we get to this point of, of what you're doing now, what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream? Oh, I wanted to be a marine biologist. I wanted to work with dolphins, hands down. Did you ever get to do any of that? I actually have swam with dolphins, um, and it was truthfully a super creepy experience. They are so intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I felt like I was putting my life in an alien's hands. It was it was a crazy experience because when you look into their eyes and you see their majestic intelligence and you're like, we're using them to do tricks. Like, no, this is, this is a, they could take over. The, if they had feet, they could take over the world. <laughs> That's wild. So talk to me a little bit about how, where you were born and raised and how you got fascinated with storytelling and writing and how this ultimately evolved into who you are today. So I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and then we moved to, um, a suburb of Houston when I was eight. Um, so it was a place called Clear Lake. And, um, and so I've, I've been here ever since. So I ended up going to, you know, went through school in Houston and then 
went uh, went to Texas A&M, which is about an hour and a half down the road from Houston, came back and and just started working professionally. I eventually um, got married and we had the opportunity for with my husband being or my ex, he's my ex-husband now, but um, my husband at the time um, to work overseas. So we spent um, the total of two years, two different trips at being expats, one in Trinidad and one in Italy. And, um, and so I got to see the world and, and, and it, and it's completely different way because it's very different to be in, to live someplace versus just visit as a tourist. And that got me thinking, you know, I always enjoyed writing. I always, I loved reading, have always loved reading my whole life. And, um, I just got a wild hair one day to start a blog about our experience in Trinidad. And then that eventually evolved into maybe I could write other things and was heavily involved in the church for a long time. So I wrote devotionals and Bible studies and eventually sermons and um, helped other people write their stories. And when I left the ministry um, and, and on the same day, my, the church that I worked for as the pastor closed down um, or it, it all happened around the same time, I had already published one book I'd gotten that traditionally published. And so I spent a long time recovering from that burnout, from that craziness because of COVID. Um, we were all burning the handle at both ends and it, it eventually took its toll. And so I, I spent the next three or four months recovering. And then I thought, well, you know what? Self-publishing is becoming more and more available. Um, I'm, I've been speaking for, you know, four or five years now, even longer than that. And, um, and so let me try my hand at, at, running this quote unquote publishing business with me as my only client at the time. Let me ask you this. What was the first book that you read when you were growing up that really inspired you to, to get into storytelling? Oh, I, I read so many, but the, the book that has always stayed with me and that I've encouraged all three of my daughters to read um, so far, I'm one for three, but I'm hoping to get two for three this summer is where the red fern grows. That was just such a, soul-wrenching journey, um, such a beautifully told story. And and just, I, I don't know a person who's read that that hasn't been affected by that story. So that that's probably the strongest memory I have of the story that really ripped my heart open and, and made it more available for, you know, just for life in general. So talk to me a little bit about who's been a hero for you in your life. Oh, let's see. Who's been a hero? Um, I think the first person I would say is my middle daughter, Sophia. She uh, was diagnosed when she was four. She was diagnosed with pediatric cancer. She had a very rare tumor. And so I was her caregiver. I was, you know, I took her to all the appointments and all the treatments. We went through 11 months of chemo and radiation. And so watching her, even as a little, little girl, not having, you know, she didn't have a choice. We, we were going to do this. We were going to do what we needed to do to save her life and, to, you know, to save save the, the parts of her that were affected by this cancer. And just walk, watching her do what she needed to do, even as a four-year-old, um, and and come out of it whole and healthy on the other side. So I'd, I'd definitely say that was my firsthand experience with somebody who really did what they, they needed to do and um, has continued to thrive since then. Uh, we talk about that a lot too, of, you know, everything she's been through yeah, it left her, it, it left a mark on her, but she's even worked through that and, and come into a place where 
she's now channeling that. She wants to be a pediatric oncology nurse. And so she wants to help the kids who are going through what she's been through. So, wow. Yeah, I would definitely, I'd definitely start with her. And, and there's lots of other people. Maya Angelou has been a huge influence as a, as a storyteller and as just a woman in general. Um, just a woman in this society. Um, I, I just, I love her work. I love her activism. I love her advocacy and what she's done, uh, what she did in her life uh, and the, and the legacy she continues to evoke in our cultural consciousness. Um, Let's see. I've got lots of friends um, who, you know, they've just been through so much. So my, my heroes tend to be of a more personal nature. Sure. Um, so, I, you know, I would just say the, the, the women that I'm close to, man, they have been through hell and back. And I, I walk with them and watch them emerge from it stronger. They, you know, they go to therapy. They do the healing the, the steps to healing they they do the things to take care of themselves in the midst of the darkness and their lights just get brighter and so women in general i just i just love women because they are they're just we, we are remarkable absolutely so let me ask you this if you can meet one person alive on the planet right now that you find inspirational who would that be oh one person alive on the planet See, the alive is the kicker. <laughs> well, we could open it up. It could be anybody. Um, I'd have to say, you know, and there's some debate whether or not she was an actual real person, but I've been super fascinated with Mary Magdalene for about the last year and a half. And I know she's not alive, but, um, I, you know, I'd love to just sit down with her and 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 talk about what it was like. To, to walk with Jesus, to walk with the apostles, what she went through. You know, there's there's quite a bit of support for the fact that she was actually married to Jesus. You know, were they actually married? And, you know, how did, how did that affect her life from there? So, you know, if, if, I could, if I could talk to somebody right now, it would be her, Mary Magdalene. So what's your inspiration? What's the driving force every day for you to get up, to create stories, to and to evolve as a person? What is that for you? I think for me, definitely what it has been for a long time and what it was in my ministry life and now in my, my professional life, um, that some, some would call more ministry oriented because I definitely want to help people, but you know, I want to help people heal. I want to help people have hope and encourage them. And I want the world to have a vision for something that's better than what we currently have. You know, what we're, what we typically currently look at the news today. It's all bad, but there's so much more beyond that. And so my goal in creating stories, my truly my mission is to um, cast a vision for a life that where, where all humanity can thrive. At the end of the day, what, what's been one of the best responses or fan letters you've gotten from your work? Um, well, I'm, I'm fairly new to it, <laughs> but um, I would say... Uh, you know, I'm fairly new to it. So I, I would definitely say the feedback that I've gotten on the reviews for, for both the books I released within this last year. So within these last 10 months, um, a book called Come to Me, which is a devotional, and then a book uh, that is named Teleosis that was released in January of 2024. I think that the way that people describe how I write is is really just it's humbling and it makes me so grateful because they talk about how, 
uh, it's not only relatable, but it, it gives, it, it, it spurs on their imagination. So whether it's my nonfiction or my fiction, the feedback I get where people are able to imagine something for themselves, that's, that is the power of story. That's the, that's the power, the magic of story that changes people's lives and, and makes them hope, makes them want and desire something better than they currently have. And that's, you know, that's my whole, when I get that kind of feedback, um, you know, it just, that's what keeps me going for sure. So of all of the things that you've done up to this point in your life, what are you the proudest of? Oh gosh, that's really easy. I have three daughters. I have three daughters in a world that still doesn't know what to do with strong women and they are all just thriving in their lives. Um, we've, we've been through a lot as a family, but the, the fact that I have a relationship, a strong relationship with all three of them, they're all very different people. Um, but they, they're just, they're incredible. They're really incredible, incredible. They're all smart. They're all extremely clever. They're all funny. They're, you know, physically they're beautiful, but their, their souls are, are just good. They, they just all have such good hearts. And, um, I just love being a part of their lives. So let's, speaking of youth, if you could had a dream tonight, and ran into the 20 year old version of you, and you could give that young version <laughs> a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life, what would, what advice would you give your young self? Um, I think I would, I would tell her, you know, alcohol isn't your friend. <laughs> it's going to get you into a lot of trouble. Uh, that would be my first <laughs> piece of advice to her. But, um, I think I would also tell her to listen to that voice that speaks differently than what everybody else is telling you. I, I know that I did do that, but it didn't come without a lot of struggle and a lot of just emotional heartburn. Um, because I, I didn't know how to listen to my own inner wisdom and intuition. So I would definitely tell her, my, my 20-year-old Amy self, I would tell her to, to, to trust yourself and to trust what you want and, and not to settle for what everybody else is telling you that you should want. So at the end of the day, Amy, everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, mm-hmm fans, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Uh, let's see. Um, it's a good question. I think I am not not a super complicated person. I, I like to think I'm very simple, but that doesn't mean that people should equate my kindness and my the way that I that I try to speak and walk gently as weakness. I think I'm, I'm a very strong person, a very determined person. Um, I really appreciate that I have learned to like myself, um, especially within the last five or six years, it's been a very intense journey to find myself and, and to grow to really appreciate who I am as a person. Um, I I have a really good friend who tells me all the time that I'm easy to love. So I, I come back to that. I come back to that truth because as you said, everybody has their own perceptions, their own stories that they, they have in their mind. And um, when my friend said that to me, I thought, that's true. <laughs> I, I am. I'm really easy to love. I'm really easy to be around. And that's, that's helped form my decisions. It's helped form how I relate to myself for a while now. And, um, and so that's, yeah, that's who I think I am. I'm, I'm pretty easy to love. 
Excellent. That's a great answer. So if anyone wants to pick up your your writing, learn more about you, reach out to you, anything about your world, where can they go? So my books are all available on Amazon. Um, well, my first two or my second two books, Teleosis and Come to Me, are the third book is on my publisher's website. So they can get more information on all of this on my website, which is Amy W, as in water, Amy W Vogel dot um, com. Excellent. Amy, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for your story. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Have a great 2024. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate being here. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <laughs>